from the dimly lit basement studio in the middle of America, it's the Pop Culture Nation Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Pop Culture Nation. I am Matt. I'm Mark. And I'm Ben. And we're here for another episode. Let's get into some news and notes. Uh, last night, Conan O'Brien said goodbye after nearly 30 years on the air. Yeah. I never it, watched I, his new show as much. I watched a lot of the original he kind of brought something to the younger perspective back then, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't go over very well at first at all. No. I never found they never him under- funny. They never understood what he's... He, he's he's an acquired taste. He is. Yeah, he I, is. I, 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 some of his stuff was, I thought was really good. Back in the, This is back when he took Letterman's place. Right. When he went, moved over to TBS, I stopped following him. I didn't yeah, see I, him enough. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it, but not a whole heck of a lot. Um, it was on at a weird time for, yeah. for me. I like Conan. Um, I liked a lot of the stuff he does, like out on the street. That's that's where I thought Conan was kind of at his best. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a couple like where he went to play old time baseball or went to a uh, Civil War reenactment and you know and participated. I, I mean, he acted like an idiot, but I thought those were some sure. kind of at his best. But um, I think in the end, he's he's had a pretty interesting career there and uh, had an influence, helped change the tone from being so um, maybe stuffy or... Um, old stuff. I mean... Yeah, the old stuff. I mean, there's a yeah. di- just a different way to interview people. Right. Um, not so... Uh, Formulaic. Yeah. And it's it hasn't really been taken to another level from there, really. It's still no, basically... No, not really. It's about the... Um, you know, like what Jimmy Fallon does is... You know. Basically, just play games with the people. Yeah, which I mean, to some extent, people don't want to really sit and watch. You know, people plug their movies as much as they used to. And but I, I think some of the appeal of like Tonight Show with John, Johnny Carson, yeah. especially when it used to be an hour and a half, sure, is you did get like kind of an in depth interview with some of these people. Right now, right. you know, in one particular might you might not have given a shit, <laughs> and that's that's possible. But if there was somebody a on night with Joey Heatherton, yeah. maybe possibly, or, uh, you know, yeah, Nipsey Russell, Boss or... Skaggs, or <laughs> I don't know. If but if somebody who was on who you really interested into it was kind of kind of cool, right? Yeah. But uh, when you watch those old episodes of Carson. Uh, they are long if you're yeah. not interested. You, you watch know, the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of downtime and some bad jokes and and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it, you know he's, he won't be missed. He's going to have a new show on. So uh, what's he doing? I I, I, I haven't. I, I knew he's he was have, retiring. I didn't know what he's doing. He's going to have like a weekly show on HBO, kind of like uh, I'll say John Oliver, but I don't expect it to be as political as John Oliver. You okay, know? but something a weekly special show that's probably pre-recorded. It's not going to be live. I don't think. Okay. Hmm. Okay, next topic. I can't understand for the life of me why I'm so protected of the Candyman. You know, you know, uh, Jordan. Oh, the movies. Jordan Peele has a. Uh, He's making a sequel, coming and I've out. seen the. There's been they put this preview out. I don't. I don't. You know, it's all these mo- horror movies. You know, they made I don't know how many Friday Thirteenths, eight or whatever, and remakes. They remade Halloween. They rem- there's how many Freddies, you know. But for some reason, I'm reluctant to like want to. Th- be excited about this because I do hold the original in kind of high regard. This seems to be wanting to, you know, Offer pay homage new. to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's Tony Todd is in it. He's yeah, Candyman, yeah. even though yeah. they don't show it very much in the in the trailers. So I don't know why I'm so scared for this. Is it a complete reboot? It's not. It's not. It's just a continuation. It come across as a reboot. I don't think it is. Well, it's, I mean, my God, they've had it done for I don't know how long. Yeah. I remember way back in the fall out. when they were showing previews on uh, nothing but trailers. Are you? I think it was supposed that? to come out last summer. 
because it was oh. never going to be a holiday, you know, Halloween time release. I just, I don't know why. It's funny that, uh, you know, I, all these horror franchises have just been bastardized, you know, I wonder if they're rebooted and I'm just fine with it. But then for, the, for some reason, this one, I'm like, well, that's a bridge too far, even though its own sequels aren't that great. <laughs> no, How many were not. there? I think there's, there's three. There's, Okay, well, there's two sequels, three. Yeah, there's total. Uh, yeah, okay. three Candyman sequels. I believe so. Yeah, there's. The I've never seen sequels. any of them. Two sequels. Farewell sequels. to the Flesh is the second one, right? And uh, the Day last. of the Dead is the third one. I want to say I've seen that one, but I, don't I saw it once. It. The second one is not horrible. No, and it's set in New Orleans, which is sort of cool. Yeah, I, I it just whenever I see that topic, whenever I see anything about that Candyman, I'm like, oh man, why are they doing this? Like it's killing my, you know. My childhood, or something. Well, it's not like they're completely redoing it, though, are they? I know, I know. It's just. I mean, you, you're just gonna. This is Tony Scott still involved. I'm totally on board to a Top Gun a pretty reboot. Good inventive ideas. I can't get there fast enough, but for some reason, I'm um, I'm like, you know, I want to protect Candyman from being. <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense. I, I kind of get it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't have really a problem with it, but you know, like any horror movie chain just uh, hoping that uh you know they don't really screw the pooch at the end of the day like uh, a lot of uh yeah horror, or completely it, crap on the original well i don't think they're gonna do that but like you know friday the 13th uh, i've never watched a single halloween movie so i can't uh, talk not about one those. of them not one wow but like nightmare on elm street and stuff like that they don't really take themselves seriously the first one you know sort of but after that they yeah, don't the tone definitely changes after the first one but with the Candyman stuff it always was very dark very it, it wasn't silly horror movie you know it was always very dark very dramatic yeah it never changed its tone and became like a camp parody in it, a it, it never descended into camp okay and that's what i'm which hoping. nightmare on elm street definitely well yeah i mean it starts out as a very serious movie about a child murderer <laughs> yeah and then makes him into a parody of himself. Right. Make right him, makes right. him a wisecracking, right. you know, villain. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, Maybe I mean, that's I'll what definitely... it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it, that's you're just afraid of what they might bring to the... Maybe, the, maybe. I, I think know. this is going to be pretty, you know... I don't know what the word I'm looking for I is. think it's going to be... Legitimate? I think it is no. going to be in no. line with what we've seen before. I, I don't think... Just from watching the trailers, I don't get the feeling that it's going to be... I think the people making this hold the original in high yes. regard like I do is, is the is the impression I get. I'm just... You know, I, I think they're going to show us like an origin that we didn't quite get right the first time. That's like they're going to show... You know, the origin we think is, is right is not right. You know, so... Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, I think that comes out this fall sometime. Or maybe late summer. It might be late summer. It might be sooner than I think. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Um, Warner Brothers has shifted a bunch of release dates around. Dune was supposed to be uh, October 1st. You're going to have to wait three more weeks for that, October 22nd. I thought they were going to release it on cable, too. Or not well, cable. They, all their movies are uh, streaming. I'm they're sorry. dual released. That'll okay. be on okay. HBO Max day okay. one, but uh, it'll also be in theaters. I'm so excited for that movie. And then here's another here's another property I'm kind of scared about too. It's uh, the the Many Saints of Newark, which is a Sopranos prequel movie. Oh, um, that that got moved with uh, James Gandolfini's son, right? Yeah, I believe so. I've heard that he's involved. Yeah, it's and there's really there's not a good trailer for that out, but that that's been moved from September 24th to October 1st, so it got moved back. The next thing I had is I saw J.J. Abrams and Angela Robinson are developing a DC Comics. Madam X series for HBO Max. Not familiar She's with it. She's an obscure I'm not, um, Batman Madam, villain. Yeah, I'm not familiar she, with She like, tried her. to poison the water supply of Gotham in a comic, I think. 
But actually, she... I think that happened in the '66 Batman. Too. Well, <laughs> of course, without Matt, I'm just arguing. <laughs> Everybody's always wanting to poison the water. You know. One of the times, yeah, right. somebody tried to poison yeah. the water supply uh, in Gotham City. I'm not familiar with her character. I um, I'm, I'm very, not, very much not familiar with her. As they well. want to make it into a series, or I, a... I think so. Yeah, okay. she must have story other beyond her appearances in Batman. But I'm, I'm certainly not one to know about them. That's all right. Does anybody have anything they want to say? No, That's not that. really. Would you, Ben? Oh, uh, no. I'm. Uh, I, I, I didn't get to watch Loki yet again this week. I did not. I haven't seen this week's Loki either. Um, Lego Masters was really good. I love that show. That might be probably in my top two or three currently running TV shows. I think my problem with that show is the fact that I feel like if I had unlimited Legos, I could do a lot of cool stuff, and I'm just jealous. Well, <laughs> dude. They, they they do some amazing stuff in there, but the challenges that they give them, um, it, it's really it's it's fun to watch uh, watch what these people do, how creative they are with uh, some of the solutions. I, uh, last year, you know, they had one where they made them build bridges. I think that's a neat concept. And then they made them put weight on the bridges to see how much weight the bridges would hold. Do they know that ahead of time? Yeah, they knew that ahead of time. Do they had two of them? They stopped them at a thousand pounds. Wow, Legos. Well, I mean, if you make them with the with techniques that they use, some to, of yeah, that, and that's what they did. You know, and you know, they even the produ- uh, the production wasn't expecting that. They had you know all these pretty weights with numbers and stuff that were really easy to read. Mm-hmm. And then when people started crossing the five hundred pound mark, they're putting <laughs> like camera sandbags and stuff on them. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I know another friend of ours really likes that show. He just, I think he said he wishes it wasn't an hour all the time. Yeah, some of that is, they can, it can drag on a little bit. You know, they give them 15 hours or 12 hours to build whatever it is they're supposed to build. I I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I, it's not anything where I've sat there and said, oh, let's just get to it, you know. It's, it's like that show um, Forged in Fire. I love that show. I like the show, but watching it live... I can't do it because the way they cut it bothers me because the, the, something you'll want to see and they'll go to commercial right. over and over oh, again yeah. in the same – I'll be like, dang it, because I'm going to lose interest by the time this right. commercial breaks it's over. The way right. it's edited I'm going to forget to go back to it. Yeah, you know? I, No, I don't yeah. watch that one live. That's all That's all after the fact. That's a show that just drives me crazy watching it live, but I do find it interesting. All right, if anybody's – if we're all done, I guess we'll take a quick break and be right back after this. Introducing Cinema Spin, a movie podcast with a random twist. On each episode of Cinema Spin, we review two movies. One new movie that is either in theaters or just released on streaming, as well as a movie selected completely at random by what we call the Retro Movie Machine. We never know what we're going to get. Cinema Spin, new episodes weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're back on Pop Culture Nation. And uh, tonight's topic is I, what I've called staff picks at the video store. And uh, some of you may need, may need a little uh, explanation on this. Uh, back in the day, <laughs> there were these things called video stores. <laughs> I remember. And uh, in the early days of them, especially, yeah. it was very rare for you to be able to find what you were looking for when you went in. They might have one copy of a new release or maybe mm. two. Um, and, somebody didn't know what they wanted And they to very watch. rarely right. had multiple copies of older movies. So you kind of had to, you know, a lot of times you just sat there and stared at the wall 
and tried to figure out what the heck you were going to rent. And uh, some of these places had what they called staff picks. So what the theme of tonight's um, uh, episode is, if we were all, if we were employees of a fictitious video store that was still in existence today and had staff picks, what we put in our pick section. So I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. We'll still find out. We'll run it up the flagpole and see. That's right. All right. My first one is from 2012, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's a good movie. Uh, it's a favorite of mine. It's based on a book by Stephen Shabatsky. It's the story of Charlie as he begins high school as a freshman. And, he's, and he also, Charlie's had a history of battling clinical depression. He meets some great friends, played by Emma Watson, of course, Harry Potter fame, and Ezra Miller, who you might know from as the Flash in the uh, the uh, DC, what do you call that, Snyderverse, I guess. Isn't yeah. he also in the Harry Potter verse? No. Yeah, Ezra, Ezra Miller is in, he does have a... Who's he play? He's one of the wizards. He's in uh, the Fantastic Beast movies. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the original set. Okay, all right. No, I, I think I think Ben's right. And, uh, you know, as, as he goes through the year, Charlie gains a little confidence and, uh, it, uh, you know, and, and his mental illness or whatever is part of the story and it's dealt with. And uh, it's kind of a coming of age uh, film, but uh, and it's also set in the early 90s and has a pretty cool soundtrack and uh, just a movie that uh, I highly recommend. Yeah, I enjoy that movie, too. I just recently saw... I've seen it parts of it in the past, <clears throat> but only recently was I able to watch it from beginning to end. And it's I got really, a I nice know. little uh, part by Paul Rudd as an English teacher in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen him. it. Yeah. So it's, an, it's a neat little movie. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Logan Lerman is the main guy. Uh, yeah, Logan yeah. Lerman. Yeah. Is, 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 is I'm not guy. exactly sure how to pronounce his last name. One of those two, I bet. One of those two. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, that's my first one. You got one? Yeah. Um, so a friend of mine was telling me about this movie. I, I, I never would have seen it uh, had he not mentioned it. And it's a movie called Outlander with Jim Caviezel. It's from 2008. He, I'm not familiar. He is a he plays a um, space traveler alien, if you will. He lands on Earth during uh, in the Viking town or near a Viking city. Um, there oh, are, so it's set in the past. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, basically in the Viking times. In the Viking times, okay. And uh, there are aliens that are chasing him, monsters type things. And uh, he is, you know, on this planet with people he can't uh, initially communicate with, but they, you know, they resolve that fairly quickly. Um, and it was just interesting how he kind of acclimates into the town and builds the relationships, and you know, then it's got aliens and stuff like that, and. Uh, it's, it, it was not something that ever would have been on my radar, but it actually was really, really good when I sat down. Interesting that, you know, normally when you think of an alien coming, you would do it in modern times. Yeah. You don't think about it so much in the past. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting idea that's, you know. I, I Is there anybody else in it that we know? Um, I believe the uh, – I'll look. Okay. Uh, um, there is a couple people um, – Jim Caviezel was definitely the the main, the main guy. Draw there. What was the year again? Two thousand eight. Okay, so that's was it? Because I don't remember it being in the theater. Is it something that came out direct to video or was just direct to streaming or uh, cable? I Where'd you see it? it? Uh, I think I bought the DVD. You know, okay, because I'm a well. We talked about yeah. That we a little we, bit. we need to, yeah. Uh, Sophia Miles is in it. Um, I'm not familiar. John Hurt is in it. Oh, John Hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So, yeah. Somehow I don't see John Hurt as a Viking, though. <laughs> you know? John <laughs> Hurt <just> li- <laughs> as the Viking <laughs> Prince. Am I getting the right guy? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Let's yeah. Get the dude from Alien. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Because he's gone now. Yeah. 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 Um, should I go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, I want to pick a movie that I just recently saw on television. I don't know why I got involved and I was bored. And it was it's actually been showing quite a lot on cable right now. It got a small release. The movie came out in, uh, let me see here, about t- 2020. And I think in the theaters, it made like $18,000. And it won a lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's going to be box office gold here. Uh, it won a lot, some kind of awards for at some kind of um, film festival. Mm. And the movie is called Shithouse. Really? Yes. Now, when you hear this, the first thing that goes to your head is it's going to be some kind of bad teenage comedy sex romp. What? That you would you, you, you okay, but it's not in a way I I I be honest with you, the title is I don't know why he the director, who's also the main star of the movie, picked the title. I, well, it's, I, an they attention, give a, it's an attention getter, I guess. They yeah. give well they <laughs> give they give an explanation as to what the shithouse is. But basically what the movie is about is about a young man from Texas who's gone off to college for the first time. He was a big academic star and bit of a man about campus when he was to some extent when he was in high school now he's way far away from school at school and he's incredibly lonely and incredibly depressed and he's not college is just not clicking for him and he's becoming more and more homesick he turns on turns to his parents more or his mom uh who for for advice he's got a roommate who's for all intents and purposes an alcoholic now you, this is a comedy, believe it or not. Well, a sure. light comedy. It's not. It's not uproariously funny in any way, shape, or form. Anyway, long story short, uh, one night he goes. He decides to break out of his shell and go to a party with his roommate. He meets uh, several people there, trying to uh, connect with them. He doesn't. He goes back to his dorm and he ends up um, connecting with his RA, a girl. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actress right now, but his an actress, uh, what her, her name is, but he, he uh, connects with her and they spend the rest of the evening walking around town getting drunk. And they kind of build, a, for lack of a better way of describing it, a connection. And it's basically about their relationship. And what drew me to the movie is it reminded me of people I knew when I was in college. And I have a tendency to be a big sucker for movies that are set in college settings sure. where people are living in dorms and they're having to try to, you know, for the first time and they're enjoying it. And I, I emotionally got involved. Thank you. Her name was Dylan Jalula. Thank you. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Um, I don't think I've seen either one of them before. The, the main guy's name is Cooper Rafe. Uh, he's the director and uh, the writer. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie um, because it reminded me of my college days. Not me so much, me personally, but... Uh, I just got. I just found it's a very slow moving movie. Now, does the uh, yeah. the relationship he develops as they walk around is that a romance or is it not quite? It's it starts out as a friendship. It ends up being a romance, but then she doesn't want to have anything to do with him, and then he's like smitten by her because this is the first person who's ever paid any attention to right. him, and he wants to connect with her and can keep going. And she's kind of like it was. Well, I don't want to go give, give too much away. Well, it sounds interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I have not, I, it's, not heard one thing about it, that it's, movie. It's it's is slow moving, but and it's not uproariously funny. But it's got a lot of light moments in it that are really, really a lot of. I enjoyed it. Interesting. 
And it's playing on cable a lot like, lately. I've seen it on some of the late night shows, uh, HBO and uh, maybe even Showtime. That, okay. that Yeah. I'll look out for it. Mm-hmm. All right. My next one is uh, just from last year, 2020. It's called The Vast of Night. It's a great little independent film directed by Andrew Peterson. It's made on a really small budget, but you'd never know it by looking at it. There's some just incredible long takes that uh, uh, between the characters that are just really interesting. There's a, one um, it basically before I get into the the one scene that I think is really cool. There's it's about two main characters, a high school student named Faye, who she's the town switchboard operator for the night. And uh, she's kind of developed a friendship with the town disc jockey who's across town uh, broadcasting. And this takes all takes place in one night in a small Texas town. And uh, pretty much the whole town's at a high school basketball game all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's very few people that aren't there. And uh, the people that are left in town are starting to see things in the sky. And uh, there's some weird broadcasts coming down on the radio. And... Um, there's just a lot of it's the interaction between the switchboard operator and the DJ calling back and forth and trying to figure out what the heck's going on as, as she's getting calls about weird things and that people, weird people are calling the radio station about weird things going the thing on. They're seeing in the sky. Right, right, okay. right. And uh, there's a, there's one particular sequence that's probably a 10 minute shot where it doesn't cut away mm-hmm. of her operating the switchboard, the old time switchboard. Mm-hmm. And she's got to plug things in and unplug them and talk to different people, you know, and it's all basically, what was when was the movie set? Uh, it's set know? in uh, I guess the fifties, the nineteen fifties. I was going to say because yeah, okay, yeah, like the main character, she's kind of uh, got the cat glasses on. Oh from, like, yeah, you know, she's yeah. like a schoolgirl yeah. type. But I mean, it's a really, really interesting movie from this director. You know, this is his first film. Are there really aliens in it, or is it, you don't want to give any spoilers? Um, I probably shouldn't say that. It's, oh, kind so of, it's, it's, it's a new, go... it's a new, it's two thousand twenty movie, so okay. I won't spoil it, but. Right. Uh, it um you know it is an indie movie so as far as what happens is you got to realize that the budget isn't horrendous right 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 but for what they're able to accomplish here without a major budget is is pretty incredible mm-hmm. there's some uh long tracking shots th- of through the town which apparently they were accomplished by paying children to drive go karts around with cameras on mm. <laughs> um it's just a really cool movie where'd you see it at it's actually uh it's it's uh, uh Amazon Prime bought it. I see. From the uh, Sundance Film Festival, I believe. And what was it called again? It's called The Vast of Night, and it's the available. The Vast to... of Night. Yeah, it's called the. Uh, it's available to stream for free. On... Anybody we know in it? Or no, just, the, the it's actors. All unknown because it's. Yeah, it's nobody would know, budget. but the actors are, v- are very, very good, and you mm-hmm. wouldn't know it was one of their first times, uh, you mm-hmm. know, playing parts. It's hmm. it's and and some of the dialogue is just really endearing too. It's just a kind of a sweet part of it too. That mm-hmm. it's very well acted. So I'm confused. Is it a comedy? Is it a it's horror a, movie? Is it all of the above? It's not a comedy, but there's or just something endearing. Dramedy? About... It's it's a sci-fi film. Okay. Yeah, it's some um, kind of the beginning. It kind of uh, focuses on a TV show called The Vast of Night. It's it's basically an homage to uh, Twilight Zone. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Cool. Next, uh, my next one is from 1985 and it is a ridley scott film starring tom cruise uh called legend ah um hmm. it's been a long time boy i remember that one in my opinion that's tim curry's best work um <laughs> he plays uh basically uh, darkness the devil uh and i that. know they did a hell of a makeup job on him yes um it, the movie gets a bad rap uh, for 
a host of dis- different reasons. I think, generally speaking, it's a pretty high fantasy movie, and those don't always go over well. Maybe, but I mean, as much as much you know attention that '80s movies get these days, and this is ob- one you don't hear about as and much. And this was before Tom Cruise really. Yeah, Boom, it was yeah. off. Because uh, this is not his typical kind of film either. No. That you would associate with him. No. And Mia, or character for that matter. Right. No, definitely not. Mia Sarah is in it, um, plays the love interest in there. Um, you know, if you're just looking for a, a pretty decent uh, adventure, high fantasy, again, I, I can't overstate that enough. It is. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it moves well. The, the music, I, I love the music in it. Uh, that's always a big draw for me when it comes to movies. Oh, the sound, the, the score. The score. Um, I think this one was Tangerine Dream was the uh, people who did the oh. music in this one. Oh, okay. Um, I, they re-released. Synthesizers. Yeah, yeah, they re-released a, uh, a director's cut a few years ago, and they put the original score in. And I'm like, put the old music back. Put the old music back. <laughs> <laughs> they should have probably, if it was a director's cut, they should have gave you the the option well you had the option but you had to watch it with the old version you know i I wanted to see the footage from the director's cut but i wanted the music from the original from the old one yeah Uh, but i would definitely recommend that Uh, it's you know again high fantasy um but it's a young tom cruise uh young mia sarah and uh like i said tim curry i always remember that with tim curry's makeup that that's Classic, yeah. classic makeup. In well, the movie. headset that he, because he's got his top of the set. Right, all he's got great big horns. And yeah, I don't. It, it, it looks like it would have been incredibly Look, uncomfortable there, for some, at that time. There's a where, scene, what? There's a scene in there where she is. So one of the plots going on in this is that the darkness has fallen in love with Mia Sarah, or thinks he's in love with Mia Sarah's character. He wants to possess her, and. Uh, He's doing all this stuff to woo her and stuff like that. And, and that whole scene where, um, you know, he's finally got her, but he hasn't entered, he hasn't shown her, uh, himself to her yet. And so he's, like, throwing all this fancy stuff at her, dresses, jewels, food, you know, all that stuff. And then she, you know, uh, kind of succumbs to... Uh, his charms? Uh, not his charms, but is you know the things he's putting oh, I out in front of her and then you know she he kind of reveals himself and that oh, it's such a cool scene it's i just i think it's really good i was just thinking where did i see a, uh, a statue of tim curry's character in that movie and i thought well that's right the wax museum in branson missouri <laughs> yes, that's right <laughs> i didn't see it there <laughs> i've been to that well i have it's, to go back and look at it they had a, when we were there they had like a horror dungeon kind of thing well, i remember going. that i've been yeah. to it just recently it, there's like a it was in an alcove are you are they come down the stairs i remember the stairs and, and then underneath the stairs in I the alcove th- i don't think it's there anymore at well this was I, just a couple years ago well this was a couple years ago for me okay so maybe it just moves around <laughs> maybe maybe they well there's a number of those hollywood wax, sure, wax sure, museums sure, maybe they sure share stuff well, yeah that could be i mean I, yeah I know that some of them were subpar. I know that much. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still I've fun been to, to a watch, couple to of those. You're where... like that one's all right, and then you're like, oh my god, is that Hugh Jackman? <laughs> yeah, is that supposed to be Hugh Jackman? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh boy, I, 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 I Branson I, Moe. Branson Moe, yes. Oh uh, gosh, what am I going to pick next? Okay, I want to pick. Uh, okay, a movie that came out in 2008. Okay. Uh, it starred uh, John Malkovich and Colin Hanks. It's called The Great Buck Howard. Wow. The Great Buck Howard. Well, it's about 
Malkovich plays a character who's kind of like a has-been, yeah, he is a has-been, has-been telepath. Uh, well, not telepath. Like a psychic? A psychic. That's a better... Well, he, he he does the stage act where he can guess what you're wearing okay. and numbers. Like a Kreskin kind uh, of thing. Exactly. He's exactly that kind of character. He's a guy who's been on the Carson show, and okay. he, he had a big... And he's extremely eccentric and a very much a diva. And it's basically about how Colin Hanks, who's a high school... I'm sorry, a college dropout has decided that he doesn't want to go on to become a lawyer. So against his father's wishes, who's played by Tom Hanks in a cameo role, he goes off and becomes the production assistant, or the personal assistant, I should say, to Malkovich's character. And Malkovich's character is just a hoot. He's, a, he's, just a, he's very much the diva. Un, his, he's got his show down to a pact. He goes from town to town and seems to really enjoy it. But then what happens is he pulls off a big stunt and he becomes famous. And the second half of the movie is how this has been. Tell, um, I don't know, what was the word I'm losing again? Uh, like Kreskin, what was he? Uh, like a mentalist. A mentalist. mentalist. Thank you. There, there you that's go. the perfect term. That yeah. Is, is, Kreskin um, was definitely a mentalist. Right. So, um, he uh, how he deals with his newfound fame and it's a comedy for the most part and i just really get a kick out of the, it's a lot of fun dialogue and malkovich playing one of his more ex- crazier characters i can't recall hearing of yeah, that movie yeah yeah it's a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun interesting yeah if you like a movie where you've got some eccentric characters in it that's it's another one off the beaten path that you might yeah. somebody might enjoy yeah all right my next one is from a year I can't remember because I didn't write it down. I think it's like 1998-ish, something like that. And it's uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I've heard you talk about this before. I enjoy that movie. I've never, now mind you, I've never seen any of them. And I don't want to cut into your time here, Matt, but you've talked about this movie many times in the yeah, past. Yeah, I've always kind of yeah. enjoyed it. And it's sort of uh, considered part of the Freddy series, but not really. Um, it's you know it's the Freddy Krueger lore steps outside the films as Wes Craven explores for the first time a more non-traditional narrative. You know the movies in reality collide a little bit as Wes Craven, Heather Langenkamp, and Robert England play themselves as a new evil starts to kind of show itself. And the general idea of the film is that the real the real evil has been trapped inside the lore of the Freddy films, and since no new films are being made, it's not the evil's not contained by that anymore and it's starting to rear its head in the real world and um i just thought it was interesting the characters playing themselves they're sort of self-aware you know that they've been in these movies and 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 what it's meant to their careers and but now things are starting to happen to them and they're 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 looking at it as real people and not you know, movie characters. It's a standalone movie, though. You could it probably it be yeah. a little bit familiar. Yeah, with it's not the considered canon in the in the Freddy world. Oh, really? No. Okay. But what in this movie also sort of lays the framework for some of Craven's later stuff, like Scream, where you have characters that are at least self aware of the horror genre, talking yeah. to each other about how yeah. they're in a horror movie, talking about each other. Well, we can, you know, you can't rush off and. Have premarital sex, or you'll be dead for sure. You sure, know? yeah. Or don't be the last one to turn out the light, or you know whatever. Yeah. They know about don't these go in tropes. The room, don't go split up and go exactly. Ahead. Don't split up on your own. They know these tropes, and and uh, it's it's interesting, you know. But this is sort of a a step in that direction, I guess, for for Wes Craven, and uh, it's always been kind of a favorite of mine. Was it the last one of the of the Friday the Thirteenth? 
Not Friday. I'm sorry. Well, Nightmare you know, there's on no because you, there's Freddy versus, Freddy Jason. versus Jason. Oh, okay. All right. And they got that kind of went back onto the formula. But this was after most the main most of the main series. Though. Okay. Ben? All right. Uh, the next one is a horror movie from 1959 called, I always want to say the, the wrong thing <laughs> Pick the wrong one. The, uh, 59, huh? Uh-huh, called House on Haunted Hill. The House on Haunted um, Hill. Oh, which one is this? Vincent Price. Oh, yeah. Uh, they remade it in 1999. It wasn't nearly as good. I agree. But the, uh, the original for a movie made from 1959 is crazy creepy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, William Castle was the producer, and he was into cheap schlock kind of films. Mm-hmm. And it's a great movie. It it's is a, lot a of great fun. movie. It's cheap though. I mean, and not in a bad way. Go on, I'll cut no, you no, off. no. It's fine. That's I mean, that's why we're here to talk um, about it. It's yeah. Uh, you, go on, let you finish, Ben. I'll, I'll jump in. But no, it's just you know, it's not special effects laden or anything like that. They do just a really good job of building suspense and then delivering, which is mm-hmm. you know something that a lot of the quote-unquote scary movies nowadays uh, lack uh, and it wasn't just jump scares and stuff like that. no it, that's it was... before they knew what a jump scare was really right um, it's more about atmosphere right yeah. yes definitely if uh you're in the mood to you know watch a a horror movie like that again it's not a horror movie like you would watch right now there's no blood no guts or anything like that it's yeah uh, it's and i agree with changed you. the remake bit. although it has similar plot Right. It's it it's just not same. near as it's just not it's not near as good. Right. Uh, and Vincent Price, anything he does, he always gives us level of class, <laughs> even to the lowest budget stuff. He can come out and make it seem like it's something clearly like, somebody who hasn't seen Doctor Goldfoot and the Bikini <laughs> Machine. <laughs> but I'll bet you he's the best thing in those movies. Well, Frankie Avalon does oh, not well, does Frankie. knock his head on a bunch of shit. <laughs> Did you have any more on that? No, no. Oh, um. Gosh. That's another one I haven't seen, though. No, okay, let's go over horror movies. I'm going to go over 19, a 2002 movie called Bubba Hotep. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, That's the... if you're familiar with this one. I, I remember the title. The gist of the movie it. is Elvis is in a retirement home. Well, is he or isn't he? The guy is, he th- clearly thinks he is Elvis. And he has uh, several roommates, and he's not doing real well. He's played by Bruce Campbell. And right there, you know where you're going to go right there when you get a Bruce Campbell movie. Yeah, you know what to expect. You know what to expect. And then um, he's got a fellow roommate in there uh, played by, oh gosh, I can't remember what his name is, Ossie Davis. Ossie Davis plays John F. Kennedy. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've heard you talk about this uh, before, well, uh, but I forget. John F. Kennedy, yeah, well, see, apparently they died in black. That's what they, he tells, <laughs> he tells them. Anyway, these old guys uh, start investigating murders in their nursing home that are being performed <laughs> by a 2,000-year-old mummy who likes to dress up in a cowboy uniform. And um, it's just completely bizarre film. <laughs> um, it, it's got a lot of fun to it. And if you get the Blu-ray or the DVD version of it, there's a commentary track on it where Bruce Campbell does it as if Elvis was watching the movie. <laughs> now, the thing is, it's, it, it, that commentary track doesn't work for two hours or an hour and a right, half. Yeah. It gets a little old real quick. But it starts out, and it's really kind of funny. You know, he's talking about, going to give me a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Sit down and watch what, what, what the hell is this, you know? <laughs> anyway, I, think... I really, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think a lot of commentary tracks are good in like twenty minute doses. After that, yeah. you're just like, uh. well, yeah. I, I like 
Bruce Campbell, yeah. but almost none of his movies. That one you I, might I, like. I like him in TV shows that I see him sure. in. Um, and but, I'm not a huge fan of him either, but go on, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just, uh, I am i don't know where I was going with that. Just He's uh, got something coming out. I can't remember what it is. I mean, oh. it's, good, it's good radio right there. <laughs> hey, I hear, uh, you want to hear the latest news? He's got this coming out, but I don't yeah, know what the fuck it is. What the hell is it? No. Yeah. Yeah, he is involved Jesus in something, Christ. but yeah, right. Anyway, That's a thought better left in your head. Yeah, it's 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 a comedy. It's low budget, incredibly low budget. Um, not much going on there. They couldn't get any rights to Elvis's music, so... Uh, which kind of would have made it a little bit more interesting, to say the least. Do they, like, fake it and have, like, fake Elvis tunes, or just they, they stay away from it? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it, they, they, there's a there's this concert scene where they've got some music playing on in the background, and you're going to yourself, like, this is just not... It would have been better if it would have been real Elvis, but, of course, if they did that, then they would have blown all their budget on just, just the music. So it's, it's Two really songs a, and nothing else. It's a bizarre little comedy, I think, and horror movie. It's got its horror moments to it, too. Uh, you might get a kick out of it. Cool. All right. Um, my next one is also from 2020. It's a documentary called Crip Camp that was uh, nominated for Oscar this just past year. Uh, Crip Camp tells the tale of a camp called Camp Jeanette in upstate New York in the late 1960s. It was a camp for uh, handicapped and severely, severely handicapped uh, individuals. It was run basically by hippies. And... Um, you know this this documentary you know goes into the these people who went to this camp and they just tell all these wonderful stories about how it was just a place for them to be themselves finally and uh you know so it shines a light on some things like I, I didn't realize that prior to like 1970 if you were handicapped they didn't let you go even they didn't let you go to a regular school mm. even if you Absolutely. had no mental problems at all you still they, weren't they, allowed to go they could yes definitely keep you out put you in a special school and uh you know, these people were allowed to, you know, listen to music and learn about art and, and just be themselves for this time each year. And they just have glowing, uh, you know, reviews of the time they spent at this camp. And, you know, a lot of them had their first relationships there. And, you know, some of the people are very severely handicapped. They can barely speak even now. and But they're still, you know, they just talk about how this is like a an insulated world where, they didn't have to worry about the outside world. They just sure. lived in this contained, you know, community each each summer, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. And you think that the movie is just about that, yeah. But then it goes on to tell the tale about how all these people, or a lot of these people who were in this camp—not all of them, but many of them—who you know enjoyed this renaissance and 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 learned to have confidence in themselves, and what how they they people were the people who fought for handicap rights in the 70s and started to get like handicapped spots and sure. ramps yeah. and they also fought for the uh, americans with disabilities act right, in the 90s right. and all these yeah. people who it all it's all traced back to this camp most of the people who were involved in went on to become advocates fought, yes they, and they were and they were successful in their endeavors and were able to get a lot of things accomplished for these people mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a great documentary um and again it was I think a little it, on the uplifting side too. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's and I think it's on uh, uh, Amazon Prime as well, and it's it for free. And it was uh, nominated, like I said, just this past year for an Oscar. Hmm. Cool. It lost to the Octopus film. Yeah, I've heard you talk about the Octopus film. <laughs> I've not seen it, which was also great, but uh, yeah. <laughs> not what I'm recommending here today. Okay. <laughs> 
So my next one is from 1982, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Conan the Barbarian. That, uh, again, uh, we'll call it high fantasy. There's magic involved, although it's, you know, very uh, low-key for the most part. Um, Another good adventure movie uh, coming up from... Great movie poster, too. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Coming up from... You know, uh, taken as a slave as a child and thrown in the gladiator pits and, uh, you know, just his charting his life through uh, uh, finding himself and, and, uh, you know, to the his first heist, if you will. He's like a thief and he's a great big thief, but a thief nonetheless at at the end of the day. Um, It's just, it's a fun watch. Uh, if you're into sword fights and that type of thing. It's swords and... Swords and sandals. Swords or, and sandals. Right. Like Although when I think of swords and sandals, I'm thinking ancient Rome. But yeah, I, I think so. I know what you mean. It's more, uh, yeah, fantasy. Yeah, you know, it's... I don't know what the, quite the right genre is, but that's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fantasy adventure. I never saw the remake. I heard it was awful. Did you see it? I know you did. I unfortunately did. I was going to say, I know you did. Well, see, here, the problem with that is when you have a movie like this that you hold in high regard and yeah. then they remake it, yeah. and it doesn't live up to your expectation, that doesn't make it a bad gr- film. A, a bad film. Uh, I know people, the critics definitely didn't like it. Um, but if I had gone in and watched it and never seen this, yeah. I probably would have enjoyed it. But I since I have seen the Conan movies, and it wasn't my, it wasn't what I was expecting when I went to watch. The it. thing about the Conan movies are is they're they're Schwarzenegger movies, right? right. Yeah, they're not very faithful to because going to say the source material. I just right. don't see. I never did other than the build. I never yeah. saw Conan playing. Uh, I'm sorry, I got it reversed. I never saw Arnold playing Conan. Right. He's got the build. That's very much for sure. But I, I, he just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just my own well, personal. Well, he wasn't. Um... Who's going to play them back then? Think about it. Who was big enough to. Well, but and... I don't think Conan. I mean, Conan was big. But I never yeah. read the comics. I read yeah. some of the books. Um, I know he was big. But I don't think he was. I don't think he was ever really Arnold Schwarzenegger big. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, not. Yeah. Well, I, I you know. but you hear the term Mus- barbarian, and right? That's what yeah, you think. You're thinking right. broad-shouldered, big, muscular, and that's definitely Conan. Or, right. um, I always think of the, you know the Barry Windsor Smith covers of that. Yeah, early right, Conan, right. You know, those and yeah, uh, I can't remember who else did the artwork on the old comics back in Marvel days. One of the Basimas did a lot. Yes, of that, right? that's it, Sal. Okay, yeah. you're right. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you done? Yeah. No, I'm done. It's great enough yeah. that I remember that. I've never, <laughs> believe it or not, I've got I've got the movie poster for Conan, but I've never seen it all the way through, and I've never seen I never seen any of uh, Destroyer, and it's I've not seen one minute of Red Sonja either. Well, you're not missing anything with Red Sonja. Um, Destroyer, they definitely went with a lot more camp in that. It did not take itself as seriously mm-hmm. as uh, uh, the, the Barbarian did. There's still some neat stuff in there. The sword play is just fun to watch mm-hmm. in Conan the Destroyer, um, but it's not a great, not a mm. great movie. I'll watch it if it's on, but it's not a great mm. movie. Uh, all right. Well, my next movie came from 2018, and it's called Stan and Ollie. 
It's about Stan Laurel oh, and okay. Oliver Hardy. So that's a movie that I remember seeing the trailer for, and then when it, I never saw it come out. I, uh, I lost track it, of it. it. It's one of those movies I think that got lost in all the pandemonium of the last couple of Who are the years. leads? Oh, this is Steve, Stephen Coogan, and uh, this is terrible. Um, character actor who's in everything. Big right. buddy of, um, you know this, of um, Will Ferrell. Played, yeah. was in a lot of his other comedies with him. He was in, uh, uh, oh, this is terrible, Talladega Nights. Yeah, I was. Who's that actor? John C. John, yeah, that's John C. the man. There you go. Thank you. John C. Riley plays um, Oliver Hardy, and Stephen Coogan plays Stan Laurel. It is not a movie with a big plot. Basically, it's about the autumn of their years together as a team, and it's about their relationship and. Um, they, these guys are spot on whenever they're doing their inter- their impersonation of uh, Oliver Hardy, and it's right. just, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's not a big plot movie. It's more about their relationship and their. These are guys who've been with and know each other back in 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 and out. Does it take place over just a couple days or something? It takes place over like the the last couple months of their career. Oh, okay. Uh, they've gone on a uh, like a kind of a tour over in England in the. I want to see it's probably towards the late 40s. It's towards the end of their career. Oliver's not doing well. And they know it's going to be their last hurrah. And um, they just decide they want to try to do the best they can to go out on the way they do. And it's really basically about the two men and how much they, uh, their wives are, <laughs> they're, they're the best parts of the movie as far as funning. But um, uh, it's about the relationship, how much these two guys, these two guys really truly, um, Loved and appreciated each other and made a deep connection. And I really liked it on that level. I mean, so there's not much to the story. I mean, it's more of a character piece. Right, yeah. A lot of movies right. are like that. Where if it's you're just... going in to look for a plot, I mean, there is a plot there, but it's really not about that. It's more, it's about their relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, their, and the interpretation of the characters. Yeah, that's one that, uh, like I said, I remember seeing the trailer and then I just lost track of it. And then... Uh... I guess it came out at some point. <laughs> yeah. What year did you have that? In? I had it at 2018. Okay, I was just a few years ago. And I believe it was directed by a guy by the name of John Baird. And I know he's gone. He's done other films. Too. He did a movie called Philomena. Okay. With um, Judy Dench and Steve Coogan. He, apparently, he works with Steve Coogan quite a bit. All right. Um, I guess we're gonna go around one more time. Okay. My my last one is uh, a simple plan from 19, 1998. It's always been a favorite of mine. It's uh, Bill Paxton and Bridget Fonda as Hank and Sarah, a married couple, and Billy Bob Thornton and uh, um, oh, uh, I think it's Lou Briscoe or something. Oh no, it loses actual name in the in the in the film, but it's Jacob and Lou. They're friends, and uh, Hank and Jacob and Lou find a stash of money in a plane crash in the mountains, and basically, a simple plan is the story of how far they're willing to go to keep this money. You know, are they willing to turn on each other? Maybe even murder each other, cheat on each other, swindle each other, trick each other. What are they willing to do to keep this money? And I just found it fascinating. Um, there's great uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Bill Paxton's characters are brothers in this film, and there's some great interactions between the two because one has been grown up rather normal and been relatively successful in life, and Billy Bob Thornton's characters, you know, pretty much a loser. He's never he's been a social awkward his whole life, and not made much money and kind of lives in a shithole. And it's just, you know, I always find it a little interesting when two brothers come from the same place and they become, and they're so 
just opposite of each other. Right. Um, I was so that's in here too, and it's just uh, you know outwardly, uh, you know they they. Let me let me take that back. You know the the, the wife in here. You know she gets in, involved as well. Now, I'm just curious: is it a thriller, or is it a comedy? Is it's it, more of a thriller. It's not a it's comedy at all. No comedy. No, it's definitely not funny okay. at all. Okay. It's it's deadly serious. But uh, basically, it's you know, will they get to keep the money or will it destroy them first? You know, mm-hmm. I, I like that movie, but man, I found Never that movie it. hard to watch. <laughs> I have I watched it in the theater, and I haven't watched it since. Um, it, it, it's some movies again. That's not a that's not a a bad thing. That's not no. I, I there's a lot good, of movies where it's like, oh, that was great. I never. That's yeah, enough for me. It's just uh, I was. I don't. I remember watching it and just being uncomfortable through a lot of <laughs> it's it. It's just a well acted, a uh, well plotted, well written film from the '90s that uh, doesn't get the. You know, everybody talks about Shawshank constantly. How great the movie that is, and I think this movie is. It's not as good as Shawshank, but it's pretty darn it did, good movie. It obviously, didn't get the. The, the notoriety. Well, I think know. enough people just haven't seen it. Right, right, because I've never heard of it. You know, I always, we always mention, you know, I always talk about it on the, I've talked about it on the other podcasts a couple times at least, that, you know, it, what's, back then, you know, it always seemed like, oh, Pulp Fiction got robbed mm-hmm. by uh, Forrest Gump for Best Picture, but over time, that's evolved to Shawshank got robbed mm-hmm. by, nobody mentions Pulp Fiction in that, in that argument anymore. It's always... No. You know, so many people consider Shawshank their favorite movie of all time. That's true, and Shawshank didn't take off until it actually got on. Oh the no, table. no, yeah, because absolutely, it, it wasn't a big box office hit. No, 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 but it's yeah. considered to be a lot of people's very favorite movie of all time, and you know, it's a great movie. But I don't know if it's that great. The book is amazing. Yeah, I read the novella, which is very similar. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty, pretty close. There's some differences. The main but... difference is that uh, over time, there's a, a series of different. Uh, uh, cellmates and stuff like that well yeah and um uh wardens yes and they all kind of are a little different so right um, that's the main difference yeah and you know red's a white dude <laughs> and what right. now? red's a white dude oh yeah well yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's a it's a movie that's kind of fallen off the radar and i think uh most people would probably like it mm-hmm. all right um I thought you were going to mention this one based off our conversation originally, but since you didn't, I'm going to do it. Uh, and that is 1992 Last of the Mohicans. Uh, stars Daniel Day-Lewis as uh, <clears throat> uh, Long Hawkeye. Rifle. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, takes place um, in uh, colonial America. It's just before. Yeah, upstate New York. Right. Yeah, up in that setting. area there. Yeah. And it's the Canada, tra- U.S. Canada border. During, sorry, right, during no, the no, French and Indian War. Right during yeah. the French and Indian War, um, and it's t- following around uh, Hawkeye and his brother and his adopted father around as they uh, escort, uh, you know, English uh, English troops as their guide to the fort that they're going to. Um, you know. Uh, there's love story uh, in there. It's not a love story necessarily, but you know, definitely a, uh, a romance. I'd say it's a love story. Mm. Um, the only thing, the, the only thing is, because the, the, the movie is not that long. It isn't. It, go, it, no. go, it flies by. It does. Even the yes. one that's version. The thing is, the 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 attraction between the two, the love story, right. seems rushed. It is. But having said that, it's not. It's not. It's not the overwhelming. It's one of the important parts, but it's not the major 
Right. Yeah. yeah. I always remember the scene where we were talking about last week where, where they're they're fleeing the fort and they go in the middle of the woods there in the clearing between the, the wooded area and the, yeah. the, the big fight. I always have a tendency in my mind to think that's pretty close to the beginning of the movie, and it's uh, really it's, not. It's, no, it's, it's quite much yeah. In, yeah. pretty close to the end. Um, the battle scenes are all very well done. And that fight scene at the oh. end between... And they're all real with real extras. And, I mean, uh, what's, oh, what was the name of the... Uh, Magua. Magua. The, the, oh. the, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great fight scene. It is. Um, it, it's just... I would scenery say, too. It, I would oh, yeah. yeah, the scenery, the the scenery is fantastic. Again, um, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. The musical score Score's is great. second to none. Um, and, and you just put all that together, and it, it's just a, a a really good movie to watch. There's a couple slow parts, but uh, the movie isn't that long, so you get through them pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It, I, yeah, it does fly by. I know for some people, parts of the ending don't work real well. For me, they kind of do. Uh, the ending, how there's sort of a second uh, romance plot that's never oh, yeah. never dealt with but, directly, right? right. But if it's you look for subtle. it, but if you look for it, it's there. It's it's the younger daughter right. and, 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 uh, and the Uncus, brother of Hawkeye, Uncus, yeah. yeah, and um, they have an attraction at least. Maybe right. they never, it, maybe they never even talk to each other, you know? Right? No, right. but there's definitely you but, can see it. Yeah, it, yeah. And um, there's at one point when Uncas is is. You know, he's leading the charge to go make sure she, because she's the one who's been taken prisoner. Right. They're they're looking for her first and foremost, and um, how that plays out with the fight and him losing and her throwing herself off the mountain is. I know people who do not not find that moment very interesting. They do not. They don't find it interesting. They don't like it. They don't like it. They find it. Oh well, you know, they, I actually think it's I a, like it. I think it's kind of an earned moment. I think it's I, I, great. Exactly. She decides that she's just not going to live in this world. She, she right. exactly. She right. she feels like you this know. is all that's left for her after he. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. It's I, not necessarily all about him. It, right. it, I mean, it's I know part she, of it. Yeah. I, but, but it's yeah. you're right. It's kind of a combination. She's never of, been. She's never she, liked she, what she's she, seen. No, she's as been, she goes through, it's pretty obvious yeah. that she is uh, she's in the wilderness by it, everything that's going it, right, on. Right, the yeah. wilderness, and whereas the other sister is actually finding herself kind of drawn to it. Yeah, right. she's yeah. she's been the more sheltered well, one they probably. Came, and, they came over from England, right. right? And they get to colonial America. One of them thrives, and the other one does not. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you, yeah. you, what kind of person are you if you can shake off seeing a scalping or not? You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that the the scene, the the battle scene um, after they retreat from the fort, the oh. uh, where he's uh, Hawkeye's running to save Cora before she gets scalped. Oh yeah, that's Man. a good scene. That's oh, that, the, goosebumps yeah. every time. And the, and there again with the score that right. just builds yes. and makes that whole. The t- score is awesome. The t- yes. that is it's a, one of the, one of Michael Mann's best scores. I. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. It's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, I got so many more to go. The last movie I'm going to pick is... Uh, you can for, save that for... Uh, save it for another for time. For number two. For another time. <laughs> um, movie. I'm, since you mentioned Billy Bob, I thought, well, I'll go with Billy Bob here. I want to talk about a movie from 2001 called Bandits. Oh, that's a, that's a with, good movie. With uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. and, of course, Billy Bob Thornton. And they basically... Um, Bruce Willis and Billy Bob play bank robbers who are polar opposites in many ways. Uh, of course, Bruce Willis playing the suave, uh, tough guy, and Billy Bob playing more of the neurotic, um, hypochondriac, <laughs> yes. uh, o- oversensitive. And, and Kate they, Blanchett having a ball playing batshit crazy. Right. She she That's plays it. a woman who's completely bored in her in her marriage and wants some excitement in her life, and she ends up getting involved um, without going into a lot of detail. These two guys are 
bank robbers. She gets accidentally thrown in with them. It's basically one falls in love with her, then the other one falls. It's, it's just, there's a lot going on. And what, what really is the charming thing about this movie is Billy Bob is just excellent in this movie. He is. He, 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 there again, he's one of those actors that he can bring, even in bad movies, he can bring something to the role. And in this one, I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. It was a lot of fun. No, that movie's a lot, it's it's a lot fun. of fun. But um, he, he's the one to watch in this movie because he's so eccentric and so unusual yeah it's a, and she's good too you're right it's probably a really fun role to play too because it's so oh, yeah you know right right so dramatic right over dramatic i guess right. the closest thing i can describe his character is he's kind of like a felix unger kind of character <laughs> from the taking to the extreme well yeah, exactly exactly you know anyway it's a lot of fun and um yeah i always enjoyed that movie I just and that's recently, one that's definitely under the radar though you never I, hear about right it. Yeah, I, no, and, I don't think it did well in the in the box no book. i don't think it did and it is one that i went out and i purposely sought out to get it on blu-ray and i i found it eventually finally. i'm gonna have to watch that again it's yeah it's a, a, it's a good movie i i think I, I caught it a few i've seen it a few times but i, I know definitely barry I, levinson was the director definitely the i way. saw that in the theater mm-hmm. you saw it in the theater oh yeah oh really absolutely okay um, back then though i saw a lot of movies in the theater anyway um i guess that's gonna probably do it um unless you yeah no. that's probably about right We'll probably revisit this topic. I think, no, I think this is it'll probably be, an interesting yeah, topic. Because I've got tons more to go. Yeah, there'll always be always be something in this. So we'll we'll do a sequel so. to this at some point. But uh, thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back next week with something different.